Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer, and welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. What's up with this? That's what I don't understand. From the 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios, I'm Bill London. And look at you. <laughs> Sarah, look at that introduction. Isn't Rick you such can... a charmer? Bring the lion out. We had a sketch artist do a drawing. Um, tonight on our show, we're going to have... Music therapy has been shown to release... It's time now for Rick. Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun that you get to comment on the news? There's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun. Now it's time to get real. Said so Now it's time to get real. I mean really real. It's a big dose of really real real with Rick. I'll see you at five. And it is five o'clock. Welcome. I uh, got a couple of housekeeping things to get done first. Um, our sponsors tonight are Elements Health Clubs of Lane County, three gyms, count them, West 11th, Springfield over off of Pheasant and Oakway area. So we got three different gyms. They're one of our sponsors tonight. Also Chris Dental and Ricky made a boo-boo last night <laughs> when we were talking about Chris Dental. I was trying to get out of my mouth. Yesterday was a long day that they do not check your vaccination status. And I accidentally put in there that they don't, you don't have to wear a mask in there. Well, you don't have to, to wear a mask when you're getting your dental work done because it's really hard to do your dental work when you have a mask on. But you do need to wear a mask into the facility. <laughs> so that was my error. So please clear that up in the big scheme of things. Our other sponsor is New Leaf Hyperbarics um, and Wellness Center. And I got to tell you really fast, I have it running across here. They have a special going on. So on the 27th of the month, they call it Green Saturday because get it, New Leaf is green. So instead of having Black Friday, they have Green Saturday. And this is when you get the lowest price on hyperbarics, massage, and also their um, their ultraviolet light treatments. So you can get an hour of hyperbaric treatment for $65, an hour of massage for $65, or the power bed for $35, and that's a highly reduced price. And here's what they do. You can buy that for the whole year. So if you think you're going to use it 20, 30, 40 times, you can pay for all of it. You then have it on credit and you go in and you just use it up. It's the one time of year for Green Saturday and that's at New Leaf Hyperbarics. And if you haven't done any of those treatments, you really should try them out. So those are our sponsors tonight. We cannot do them with this without them. So if you're looking for a gym, you should go to our gym, um, Elements Health Clubs. And if you're looking for hyperbarics or massage, New Leaf Hyperbarics. And if you're looking for a really great dentist, where you do wear a mask in the door, but not when you're getting treated <laughs> and they don't check your vac status. There, I said it right. Uh, Chris Dental Family Dentistry in Eugene. All right, so we're gonna do something a little bit different tonight. Um, we have a super, super serious news block this evening. Um, Bill London uh, sent it to me and it's um, a little bit longer than normal, but it's a one topic and this is gonna make you very, very upset. So what I'm going to do um, is I'm going to put it at the end. Um, and so we're going to start off with our show uh, talking with our own Kim Stark. There she is. We're going to do Elements, Ele the Elements of a Healthy Life, sponsored by Elements Health Clubs with Kim Stark. And she brings health tips. Then we're going to have another story. Um, uh, when I went to Alaska a few years ago, we're going to have kind of an interesting, nice flight story. And then we're going to get to Bill at the end. And you're going to want to stick around for all that because... He is not a happy camper, and I think you probably won't be by the time you're done. Kim, what you got for us tonight? 
Well, okay. Well, we'll start a little more lighthearted then, Rick, because I know we're going to be seeing what he has to say. We're going to talk health tonight. Um, of course, Elements is our sponsor. And um, I usually, I try to mix it up. We talk about um, a healthy lifestyle with fitness and with diet. We talk about mental health. And right now I've been following the um, the COP26 conference that's going on in Glasgow. And they're talking all about climate, the climate crisis and how we can help you know mitigate the climate crisis that that the world is facing and of course everyone is affected by the the cli by climate change right now whether uh, no matter where you live we had to deal with the um, impact of fires in our area um and so now abc news announced that they're doing a month-long climate change coverage series and this is a huge deal because they're focusing just on climate change they've got all these reporters covering the news and one of the things the reason i'm telling you this is because one of the things that they'll, they'll talk about is specifically is how climate impacts our health. So um, there's actually, um, and I believe that I sent a little graphic about this, um, Rick. Yeah, there it is. Um, this actually kind of lists some of the things that you, some of them may be obvious. You may have thought about how there are direct impacts of climate change. Um, extreme weather events are going to cause, you know, intensity heat waves are going to cause, of course, heat related illnesses, aggravated circulatory, cardiovascular those kind of things. Um, but then you might not think about the other impacts, which is the food and waterborne disease that'll come about with the increased heat, um, shifting geographical seasonal distributions of cholera, you know, things that are really harmful to us. And some of those things, we don't even know how it will impact us because it's too early. So for instance, a couple summers ago, when we had those hazardous um, air quality levels, we don't even know how that's going to impact us. California, um, Tahoe area, seeing those all summer long with all of the smoke damage. Um, and we have yet to even know what those impacts will be. So it's just interesting to to think about how it does direct directly impact our health. Um, we're going to have the indirect and direct impacts, and some of those we still don't know yet. So talking about how our health is, is affected, and hopefully those leaders can come up with some solutions um, that will help in their conference this week. I think what we're learning even through COVID, Kim, is that if, if we get healthy now, if we join the gym, if we find running, if we start doing things now, you, you do it now so it becomes a lifestyle, not waiting until the crisis or, you know, alleged crisis happens. Right. So, exactly. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. So because yeah. people every year we have a lot of people with lung problems that are, you know, that get with the, when the when the weather, when it gets really humid and horrible, mm -hmm. it infects mm -hmm. them. So if we could start doing things to improve that beforehand. Right. right. Um, it seems to me that'd be the, you know, that's maybe one of the lessons learned from this. Yeah. I mean, and, and also it impacts mental health, you know, so if we are physically active, then our mental health will improve as well. And so since we are sponsored by Elements Health Clubs and they do have several locations, um, we're going to talk to Casey Mitchell, who joins us talking about um, some upcoming events that they have. So Casey, why don't you tell us about the, the we've got a, a December event coming up you want to talk about. Yeah, we've got a couple of December events, but this one right here is if you need a long time to prepare for this, because I always do because I don't like to give blood, but I would donate <laughs> blood because of this. I have to literally get like psyched up. Yeah. Um, same, same. But on December 6th in our Oakway location, we'll be doing a blood draw from uh, 10, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And okay. uh, you can contact Dusty. She's got all the details on that. But uh, we really just want to make an impact. Uh, obviously, uh, donating blood right now is really important just simply because the blood has been uh, lower lately simply because of all the things that are going on so the number of people who can donate so if you are able to donate this would be a wonderful thing uh, to, to help the community out with for sure 
Great. And that takes place at the Oakway location. It is at the Oakway location. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, great. That's not too far from the other clubs. And those of you who are in Eugene, it's a great kind of just a really easy location to get to. So that'll be wonderful to, to take part in. Yeah, really simple. And then the other thing that we have going on is kind of letting the cat out of the bag a little bit. We're we're on a we're we're part of a, a, a national uh, campaign with something that's called uh, through Spartan Fitness. If you're familiar with the Spartan races, okay. Um, and for a lot of people, you know, they they may not like to travel to the outskirts of town to try to find as much mud and as many barbed wire fences as they need to climb through. And what you want to do though is you want to compete. Like you have this like urge to train for something that is is a little bit more like goal specific than just randomly training, right? So. Right. What uh, DECA has done, DECA through Spartan, is created um, like an in-club, uh, almost like a, like a, I, I don't want to necessarily say like a CrossFit Games, but it's kind of like a CrossFit Games that's standardized all across okay. the uh, the world, really. And you can come in here and you can do 10 events. And so the, the, the DECA obviously is 10 events. And you get a, a mark and you get a fitness mark that you can go up onto the national registry and you can see where you rank as far as your uh, age oh, wow. in these categories. And, and, you know, like one of the things that people will always say is, you know, if you do some of the advanced movements um, that you see in a CrossFit or something like that, is you may not have trained properly for that. But these movements have been designed and put in place to literally allow people who, are, who can move to mm -hmm. do the exercises. So, okay. it, so it's like, it's not like you need to know how to do a kipping pull up or a clean jerk or any of that kind of stuff. Can you do a slam ball? Can you uh, push a sled? Can you oh. uh, do a step up over a, a plyometric box? Uh, the right. skier, the rower, all those kind of things. So it's really fun. And what we will be doing in November is we will be doing uh, these little test um mark points to allow our members to get these uh, these marks so that when they come back in december and we're thinking probably the later part of december you'll be able to compete against that original number and see how you've improved just in 30 days and okay. then what's cool is because we are open nationally is there will be people coming from all across uh, the u.s to come down and compete down in springfield for this spartan event which has, you know, they've had they've had them in you know, Nashville and they've had them in Dallas and Houston and and New York and they're they're kind of now moving to us. We are the exclusive um, uh, uh, Deca providers here in Oregon right now, the first and the only right now. So uh, our goal is to kick the first one off at the end of December. We're kind of waiting to see what's happening with all the mandates and everything because we want to really blow it up, but we have to do it in a way that uh, you know it's like people from other states coming down don't think that we're completely weird. We are completely weird. We are Oregon. It has to be completely weird. <laughs> At least partially. I know I yeah, love that right. idea though, that it's taking place here is great too. So well, and what's cool is like somebody like like Rick, who you know, if he wants to compete, he's he's not gonna get mud in his hair and he can just literally <laughs> just shower right away afterwards. He doesn't have to drive long distances covered in mud. He can mm -hmm. just literally compete because I know he's competitive. And he can compete against everybody in the gym. And we want to do this for, you know, our, our first responders. We want to have team events for some of the collegiate sports. If they want to participate. But uh, for sure, fire and police and getting them in there to just have this camaraderie of uh, a team event that they can all, like, have these numbers that they're trying to beat and just improve on. Because, Casey, that's really what Elements is all about. Is, is getting involved in the community in different ways, getting people not only to come to the gym, but getting people to build a healthy lifestyle, but also, I mean, we've done a number of things where we're feeding police officers at the, at the gym there, you know, we're, we're bringing them in, we're trying to do some things that are different that way. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we do like to keep it, keep you on your toes. We like to have a lot of fun. Uh, we want to build the community up. We want to have fun within the community. And that's what it is all about. And if we can bring other people down to kind of experience what it's going to look like to have a party in the Springfield gym and what that looks like. And then hopefully our Springfield people will bring the heat and uh, we can just play some really great marks. All as right, long as they Kate. have Kathy out there, you'll bring the heat. All right. <laughs> the Kathy and Rick duo. I love thanks, it. No, that'll be thanks, so much fun in December. Thanks, Casey. All right. Thanks, Casey. See you later, man. And well, next week, we'll talk to the other um, location, the West Eugene Club. They're doing a just a little thing for kids out there. That's really great because instead of just dropping your kids off while you work out and they have a daycare, they actually have activities for the kids and they're promoting a, a healthy lifestyle for the kiddos and getting them involved in fitness. So it's not just daycare. So we're going to talk to them too about that. All right. Kim Stark, thank you for all the healthy tips you give us. <laughs> and hey, Kim, do you have that? Can you go in the comment section? Megan was asking if we can put that poster in the comment section on the climate thing. Oh, sure. I'll put it right in the comments. Okay. okay. And if you have trouble, just email me and I'll stick it in there. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. So thank much. you. All Gary right. says, thank you, Kim. You're welcome. Bye, guys. All right. See you later. All right. So um, I kind of had a change of heart here. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and air Bill's newscast. And then at the end, stick around. We have a light story so we can kind of end the night with a light. But I think you really need to see um, what Bill's talking about. So let's go to Bill London um, at the KPNW News Studios. Bill, take it away. From the News Radio 1120 and 93.7 FM KPNW Studios, I'm Bill London. So I'm going to give you a heads up here. Um, what I'm going to do right now, I had not planned on doing. The, what I'm going to talk about is going to be single issue. Um, I'm going to be going off script. And it is because of an email and a subsequent phone call that I had with an individual. And I'm going to try to be as dignified about this as possible, even though, honestly, right now, having just got off the phone with this individual, I'm about ready to lose my shit. Sorry for saying that, but you're adults. I think you can deal with it. And it has to do with Governor Kate Brown, who, uh, using her executive clemency authority, retroactively changed prison sentences for about 75 individuals statewide that are currently in our prisons. And they committed crimes when they were 15, 16, 17 years old as juveniles. Many of them were sentenced to over 50 years, many of them to life plus. One of the things that we always think about when you think about crime victims, you think about the individual that the crime has been committed against. If it's a violent crime, you think about the person that was beat up or the person that was stabbed or the person that was shot or the person that was murdered. But I'm going to say they're not the only victims. They are victims, no doubt, but they're not the only ones. There are other victims, and that's family, friends, spouses, children. They're victims as well. And today we're going to talk about that. Now, the Marion County District Attorney, Paige Clarkson, sent out a very fascinating fact piece uh, on Friday. One of the things that came up was that the governor, Kate Brown, did not notify any of the victims, and I'm talking about people whose the crimes were perpetrated against and their families that have to live in the aftermath of it, she did not notify any of them 
prior to granting these offenders clemency. And I think we can all agree that's pretty appalling. And some suggest it may even be against the law. She further did not notify 36 district attorneys, according to Paige Clarkson, Marion County DA, across the state so their officers could actually contact the victims. Instead, the governor sent out a press release. She sent it to the press and many of the victims learned that their offender is now eligible for release along with the rest of the state by reading an article in the Oregonian or the Register Guard or the Statesman Journal. That person that I said that I talked to a little bit earlier, one of the victims in a case I'm gonna talk about here in a second, didn't find out until today. Didn't find out about it until his friend who also is a fellow victim, read about it in the Oregonian and called him. And it was his fiance who was murdered. And we'll talk about them in a second. Second, the governor's blanket clemency order is not specific to individual offenders based on the facts of their particular case and their own individualized rehabilitation. That, according to D.A. Clarkson, runs contrary to the historically and generally accepted use of clemency power. She further writes, this group of offenders were instead painted with one broad brush to correct what the governor perceives to be a statewide unjust juvenile justice system. One of the other things that's interesting and we talked about Senate Bill 1008, which essentially did away with life sentences for violent, youthful offenders. And Clarkson says that because of the Oregon legislature passing Senate Bill 1008, it changed the rules by which the parole board must allow release. And that means that they now require a meaningful opportunity to be released, which is new undefined language, and requires the parole board to give substantial weight to the fact that the person was under 18 is incapable of the same reasoning and impulse control as an adult. Furthermore, the board shall release an offender if the person has demonstrated maturity and rehabilitation. In other words, Senate Bill 1008 stacked the deck in the governor's favor for release. And one of the other things is that it potentially depending on how it's read and how it's going to be interpreted, won't even allow the victims to make an impact statement at these hearings. One of those, Clarkson points out in Marion County, is an individual by the name of Juan Cruz, who was between 17 and 22 years old when he repeatedly sexually assaulted his victims, at one time holding a pillow over his 11-year-old victim's head while he anally sodomized him so adults couldn't hear the victim's cries of pain and made his 7-year-old victim take her clothes off so he could touch her, and I'm not even going to get into the rest of it. And he's presumed now, because of the change in law, Senate Bill 1008, to have been incapable of the same reasoning as an adult. And they'll be looking at that when they consider his release in Marion County. Today, Patty Perlow, Lane County DA, sent out some details on some crimes that are, and criminals, and I'm gonna say they're criminals, 
I'll go even further and say they're scumbags, that are going to be up for this clemency granted by the governor. Like Earl Carnahan, a 17-year-old at the time, sentenced to life with an opportunity for parole after 25 years. He was sitting with a victim at a campfire, became enraged at the victim, and stabbed him repeatedly with a knife. He stated that he thought about killing for the killing the victim for several hours before he actually did it. You've got Truett Watts, 17 years old at the time, but apparently his brain wasn't well developed enough to know the difference between right and wrong, stabbed the victim because he didn't like something the victim said. The victim was working on a car at the defendant's house. Watts had been using meth before stabbing him. He's one. You've got Connor, uh, Connor Allen, 17 years old, Seven-year-old disclosed to the family therapist that Alan had been orally sodomizing him and making the seven-year-old orally sodomize Alan. He was accused of sex abuse. David Hauser, he was convicted of sodomy in the first two counts, sex abuse in the first two counts. He admitted to sexually abusing an 11-year-old at a foster home. His prior history included killing a cat and attempting to murder his stepfather. And by the way, he was never brought up on charges for trying to murder his stepfather because, well, he's a kid. Then you have Brian Hardegger, 17-year-old. He and his father buried the victim, Hardegger's mother, alive. And when the victim, the mother, tried to raise her head above the dirt, Hardegger pushed her head down with his foot so he and his father could finish covering her up. Now I want to tell you about a family, and this is the phone call that I had to deal with. I, I didn't have to deal with it. I'm glad that I talked to this individual. It has to do with Lisa Flormo. She was 22 at the time. It was 1991. She was engaged to a man by the name of Brian Aker. She was house-sitting for a couple of friends, a brother and a sister, Gary Krauser and his sister Melinda. And... While she was there, an individual by the name of Todd DeVia broke into the house and murdered her. I'm going to read a little bit of some of the information that was released at his fifth trial. Fifth. He went to trial six times. DeVia didn't just kill Lisa Formo. He decapitated her, was trying to saw her head off. And one of the letters that was written came from a friend of Lisa's, close friend of mine, she said, in 1991 when she was killed, and that's how I met Brian. She was full of life and beyond words and kind. She had a funny wimpiness about her. She was a prissy girl that would never harm anyone or everything. To sum it up, she was a very sweet, girly girl. That raw but real description of her is what stood out most when we heard she was killed. How could a human harm someone so kind? Brian remarried finally when he was 46 years old. Mind you, he was in his early 20s at the time that Lisa was murdered. It took him that long to finally think the trial was over. Mind you, this letter was written during the fifth trial. And he thought that he could finally bring 100% someone into his life and start a family. Todd DeVia was sentenced to life plus 16 years at the time. Gary Krauser, that's the brother whom Lisa was 
house sitting for, is now 52 years old. He's never been married. He has issues committing himself to women due to his guilt. He was supposed to be home by the time that Lisa was murdered, but he decided to run one more errand and unfortunately got home an hour later than he'd planned. He arrived at the crime scene and Lisa nearly decapitated in his parents' bedroom. He's never gotten over the blame. Quote, what if I was on time? This is all my fault. He's dealt with that forever. Gary's parents could never go back into their home where Lisa was brutally murdered. They never entered the house again. Gary had to go pack up their house for them and they moved. Todd actually went to the house for the daughter, Melinda, after learning that she had never, and after learning this, that Davia was actually wanting to kill Melinda, she's never recovered. Devastated. Basically lived in a darkened closet for a year after learning she was the intended victim. Today, she's single and struggles with alcohol addiction. She's unable to come to court because she can't mentally process it. She will forever live with guilt and fear. And that was the fifth time that he'd gone to trial. And that was the first time, that fifth trial, that the entire family got to see all of the evidence in court. 21 years later, they learned that she died in the worst way there is to die on this entire earth. They already knew it was horrific and were struggling living with that, but thankfully they'd been spared the details. Now they got the full story. Accordingly, Davia had testified apparently earlier that the girl, Lisa, 22-year-old, she just wouldn't die, so I kept cutting. The author writes, how is that not deliberately cruel? Everyone in this family has post-traumatic stress disorder, weight loss, sleep deprivation, images that they can't control. This man is an animal and a coward who even stabbed her after she was dead. He cut off most of her fingers, so she simply would have bled to death. This deliberate act of violence and cruelty by a sick and demented man is incapable. He is incapable of rehabilitation, and they constantly struggle even though he's behind bars. Todd has the same traits as a serial murderer, including harming animals as a child. He tried this with numerous other women. The last prior to Lisa was with a knife. Todd only wanted to have sex. He has not, still not had sex with a woman. What do you think he's going to do when he's released? Do you think there's a girl in Portland that's going to be safe? He had a, at least half a dozen chances not to kill Lisa. Went to the house three times before finally going in. And instead of disposing of his clothes and his murder weapon, he kept them under his bed as a trophy. This is one of the individuals that the governor wants to release. I could read another letter that was from a social worker that said, this guy is going to be the same person that he was when he went into prison. This is what your governor is doing. These are the people that she's releasing back out on the streets. And these victims, the survivors of these people, they're going to be victimized again. And don't think that they're not going to be scared. The person that I talked to on the phone, who was in tears, said, I'm arming myself and I don't even own a gun. I don't even know how to shoot a gun. And these same people, notified because they read it in the newspaper, the governor didn't even have the common decency to contact these victims and let them know, oh, by the way, I'm considering these people for clemency. No, 
I'm just making the announcement, waving my magic scepter. Have a nice day. Bye. She doesn't care. She doesn't have to run for re-election again. And meanwhile, local senators like Floyd Prezonsky, who was behind Senate Bill 1008, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be retroactive. These are the people that you put in office. And you need to make your voices heard. And if you're not, at the very least, outraged, why the hell not? I'll see you tomorrow morning on the wake-up call. In the 7 o'clock hour, we'll be talking to DA Patty Perlow. We're going to talk about this in some of these cases. Get real, Rick. I'd love to hear from one of you people who support what the governor has done. I'd just love to hear from you and how you rationalize your support of this bullshit. Um, if, you know, a lot of people go on and they call me heartless or say people are heartless because they put people in prison. I think the heartless thing is when you let people like that out of prison and you don't take into consideration the family, the victims, what they did, why they did it. I'm glad you feel good, Governor Brown. I'm glad you're all tingly and you're getting your agenda taken care of. But what the hell are we doing, Oregonians? If we sit by and let this stuff happen, if we reelect people that are making laws that do this kind of thing, we're the ones that are, it's us. It is us. God, this just makes me sick to my stomach. You know, we have got to do something. How long are you going to keep doing this? Where's the timeline for this stuff? I'm outside. I drove to work this morning. I parked in my parking lot behind my building here. A young man drives up in his car, rolls down his window and says, Rick, I just got fired from my job here uh, because I won't get the shot. And he looked heartbroken. And then there was the managers of the place. I'm not going to say where it is, but the manager was standing over there with masks on, um, you know, and doing their thing. And the kid got out of the car, opened up the trunk, took out the, it was all paraphernalia from the place where he works with their logo on it, started throwing, he threw his umbrella, his phone, started throwing his hat, his clothes, all the stuff that was uniform and threw it on the ground. Something broke because they were picking it up. And I just stood there and I so wanted to videotape it, but then there's a side of me that this is this kid's moment. I'm not going to sit here and do that. Um, but I, I, I was just standing there going, am I in Germany right now in the 1940s? What am I seeing here? And I know a lot of you are going through this and have gone through this. And I am so sorry. I did not even think of the impact until I watched this young man today. What are we doing? Firing people because they won't, do something that they feel for themselves is not medically good. And you get a say in that. And then you get to tell them that you're endangering people. Look at the numbers that are coming out. The, 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 the shot doesn't seem to know the difference between the, the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. I know this has nothing to do with what happened, but it kind of does. We are letting people run our state 
that don't necessarily have our best interests at heart and are not listening to what we're saying, or you and I are not saying it enough. So I'm not going to be silent and people will, they'll come down on you, but I would, but, but, but I'd love to hear your excuse. Um, someone who agrees with what the governor has done in terms of these releasing these prisoners. Um, come on. I'd love to hear it. Tell me what you think. Tell me why this is a good thing. Tell me that those families don't matter. What, ha what about that woman who was having her head cut off? She doesn't have a voice. And now the governor's taking her voice away even more, giving her killer freedom. The scary part is they're going to be on the streets with all the other crime people we have here in the lovely city of Eugene with committing crimes. And I go on the Eugene pages and I'm seeing people going, oh, my stuff is ripped off and we're getting stolen. People, this is happening. That's happening. This is not the nice, quiet little community it used to be. Because of our leaders, lack of vision, lack of balls. We have turned into a, a crime ridden. Did you see the crime statistics for the United States? more murders than ever in history. And a lot of those are coming from the cities that defunded their police. Good idea. <laughs> Way to think through that one. But, you know, people love to be comfortable. So we just sit back, hope it goes away. Ignore it. Well, guess what? I don't think we can ignore it anymore. I think we're being called on the carpet and it's either put up or shut up. And if you shut up, you may not have anyone to listen to you. Remember that old saying, um, I can't remember how it goes, but it's something about, um, you know, I should have got out when, when they started doing this, I should have said something. And when they started picking on these people, I should have said something. And when they started picking on those people, I should have said something. So, so in today's vernacular, this would be something like this. You know, when they started putting people, um, firing them for losing uh, because they wouldn't get a vaccine, um, I should have stood up for them. Um, when they started telling people they had to wear masks when, you know, when th that was over, um, I should have said something. Um, and then one day, it's going to be in your front yard. And all of a sudden, it's something you don't agree with, and you have to do it. And guess what? There won't be anybody left to speak for you. And folks, if we don't do something, this is where it's headed. I had planned to show another sh another story. Um, but I just I just don't think it's appropriate. Um, Yeah, I think what I'll do is we'll just leave it at this so we can start thinking about it. Um, I just, I, I think sometimes, you know what it is for me. I'm really sad for Oregon. I'm really sad for Oregon. This isn't Oregon, it's not Oregon. This is a place that's been taken over by, um, I don't even know what to, I, I didn't even know what to be to say by apathy. 
And I think it's also been taken over by an ideology that believes that to win is only, is, is, is everything. And it's my way or no way. And that's not Oregon. That is not Oregon. So, and what do you do about it? Um, I don't know. I guess we get, each get to make our own choice, don't we? I mean, I love my state, but I can't live in stupid, you know? And I'll always fight for it, but sometimes you can't live in stuff. You can fight for something, but you can't live in it. <laughs> it's like sitting in a shithole. Um, at some point I have to go, okay, there's a lot of shit around here. I got to get out of here. Um, I, you know, Oregon used to be a place where um, differences mattered and they were good. We, we, we celebrated that. Um, diversity was, was great, but that meant all diversity. That meant every color, every nationality, every person. Um, Oregon, you know, and, and it still is in rural Oregon. It's a place where you can do what you want and I may not agree with it, don't put it in my face and I don't care. That's how people in Eastern Oregon live. They don't care what you do. Just don't shove, don't shove it in their face. Whether if you want to go wave your flag and do this, go wave your flag and do that. Um, don't expect other people to jump on board with you and don't bully people. Um, that's Oregon. What we're living in right now is tyranny. It is. And it's going to stay that way until we stand up to it. Well, I know that's a little heavier than we normally do, but I'm not sorry. Um, this is how we learn. And if people don't agree, feel free to say something, but just be nice. God, you don't have to be a fuckhead. You know, just write, I disagree with you, Rick, because this is what I see, this, this, that. Don't tell me, don't get on there and pick on my hair or my beard or some surfacey bullshit because you can't think of anything more intelligent to say. Instead, just make your point so the rest of us can learn and maybe we'll learn, look at it. Maybe we'll learn from it, but don't make it personal. You can hate me. That's fine. But can you have a conversation that's normal? And if there is someone who really does believe what the governor's doing, I would love to hear from you. Love to hear from you. And then I'll put you in contact with the people Bill was talking to today, the crime victims' families. And then I would love to be there with a camera and just watch you explain to them why this is okay. Remember that used to be that thing, walking someone else's moccasins? We live in a world of, we live in an Oregon that no longer believes there's different shoes. We believe everybody has to fit into the same shoe and this is how you do it. And if you don't do this, then we bully you. We call you names. We call you killers. We call you bad, anything we can. But here's the deal. Remember the other day I was telling you that story? The stickers only stick if you let them. It only matters what they say about you if you care what they say about you. That's the secret. 
stop caring what the bullies say about you and just go do what you need to do. So, well, that's a way to end the day. <laughs> Maybe I should put one more story on there just to lighten the mood. Um, but um, share this on your page um, with your friends, with people that need to know. And then write the governor's office and tell her you think she's um, barking up the wrong tree and that she's wrong. Not doesn't necessarily mean she's going to listen to you. But you know what? It's that you are participating. And, and that way it's action. Something happened. And then if anybody, when you vote, God, you better pay attention to who you're voting for. Because right here, people made this rule that he was talking about. And it started right here in this town with one of our senators. And so you better pay attention to that. Uh, Matt, I don't know the answer to that question. I do not know the answer to that question. Um, so anyway, have a great night. Share this on your page. And uh, remember, don't forget New Leaf and that Green Saturday special. And you can get that before the 27th, that week before they'll let you order those. Um, also, thank you, Chris Daniel, for sponsoring our show. You always do a great thing. And again, <laughs> they don't check your back status. You do need to wear a mask into the building. <laughs> My mistake, not theirs. Um, and third, our third sponsor is Elements Health Club, Elements of a Healthy Life. And we love having them on board because they're very committed to town, the community, and to your health and your kids' health. All right. Have a great night. I got to share this around and then go home and uh, detox my brain over off the stupidity of my surroundings. <laughs> and that is not an easy thing. <laughs> Have a good night. Hey, I really appreciate you guys. I really do. And spread the word. Um, thousands of people are watching this stuff. And that in alone scares the hell out of those other folks. And that's okay. I Thank you.